0: Oh.
1: Welcome to the start of Season 2 and Episode 22 of the Local Runners Podcast The podcast by runners, for runners
0: We are your hosts, I'm Dave Norman I'm Callum Parkinson
2: I'm Sean Robertson,
3: And I'm Katie K.
2: After the break over Christmas we've been busy at work <clears throat> booking in guests, getting Season 2 ready We also want to welcome Katie Kay to the team who is standing in for Gav Welcome Katie, <laughs> over Christmas we've had uh, Dave eating sprouts, <laughs> we've had Callum uh, becoming a night fanboy, in denial, uh, I've been struggling to put the new banner away at part run and injuring myself in the process <laughs> and Katie has joined the team and has mentioned even racing a fast 5k. Maybe.
1: In series one we had a lot of guests and some had goals for the last year. We want to give a big, mar- uh, big shout out to Mark Collier who, in his episode, mentioned that one goal he had was to win a race, and his goal was achieved at the Olderly Edge Trail Race on January the 16th. He managed to win the race in 27.55. And while we're mentioning local races, we thought we'd mention the Bellevue Racers hit the trail. Very muddy conditions for the runners, but a great turnout for the race. The top six worked well together, swapping positions throughout, just 30 seconds separated the top six finishers. Mark Collier was 6th and 1st VET 45 and the race was won by Fraser Macdonald-Ault of Chilton Runners in, who finished 1st in 28 minutes 12. Sophie Wood of Sale Harriers had another cracking run for the first female in twenty-nine twenty-two, and we, we also want to give a, a, a shout out to uh, Hayley Simpson, she's ran the South East Lancs Cross Country uh, and has won the first two matches but couldn't race on Saturday due to illness and she's currently leading the series
3: so far. Yeah, just on that, a big shout out to um, Haley. I spoke to her after the run in December um, and she said that she was really surprised to win as she never thought that she'd win a, a race within the South East Lancs League. Uh, so massive well done to her.
0: Yeah, well done Haley and uh, and Matt for your wins in the recent races. So with some more local races news that have been announced, uh, your Miles events have announced a series of races this year. So the races are the Oldham 7K Oldham 10k, Saddleworth 6.2 and the return of the Tameside 10k and that goes up near um, Artshead Pike so we're going to give you some breaking news now that we're all excited about so in the final episode uh, we were asked a couple of times about hosting a race, over Christmas we were contacted and we're pleased to announce that we've partnered with East Cheshire Harriers to host the Black Knight Charge for 2022, so get Wednesday the 27th of July in your diaries and get entered so the entries will be available online via Bucket Zone or UK Results. Um, so make sure that if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify?
3: Okay, and over Christmas, we had a message from Andy France. So Andy's just getting back into running after a bit of time off over Christmas. And he ma- messaged us asking, what counts as a running streak? How many days and how many miles a day? So I've done a little bit of research myself on um, running streaks so you might know or might not know that there are officially two run streak bodies apparently. So there's the Run Streak Runners International which was established in 2012 and there's the United States Running Streak Association which was established in 2000 and these bodies narrowly define a running streak as running at least one mile within each calendar day. So running one mile that's the pretty much the the standard definition and apparently there are some pretty active running streak Facebook groups so the Streak Runners International Facebook group which has 5.7 thousand members and Runners World Facebook group has a whopping 40 and a half thousand members and there's even an official run streak list so if you've run a mile every day for any over any period of time you can register um, on this official run streak list. So the current record of active um, runners, so those that are still alive and uh, carrying out that run streak, the the current record is held by John Sutherland um, from the United States and he's on 19,878 days, (laughs) which is the equivalent of just over 52 years still running every day for 52 <laughs> years. Um, in the UK we've got the um, the active run streak leader is Jim Taylor with 10,617 days. So that's 29 years of continuous running. So I know locally we've um, obviously got the uh, local legend Ron Hill who ran at least a mile every day for 52 years and 39 days. So that was 19,032 consecutive days which is just incredible um, and we've got Mark Collier who is on just over 1500 consecutive days now so a bit of work to do from uh, for Mark to catch up with the winners but obviously mark could register on the official run streak list so I don't know if he's if he's on that um, but quite a, quite an interesting topic so I don't know um, what you guys think about um, kind of run streaking I know I've run every day so far in January so I'd consider that. A run streak <laughs> but I'm, I'll be glad to gi- give that up um, come February so I don't know what everybody else's thoughts are on that
2: yeah I think what did I the the I use the current record order there then do we know he's
3: in his 70s yeah ah. Se- I think he was 71
2: Unbelievable, yeah. isn't it, that? I, th- I remember watching an interview with Ron Hill <clears throat> and someone put that question to him about you know uh, I you know we understand that you've run at least a mile every day for so many years and he said, I get pretty annoyed when people say that because he said, I very rarely run just a mile. Yeah. He said, I've only run like a mile when I had my car accident and when I've had injuries and things like that. He said, I, I would see it as being more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he saw it as being more than a mile, really. Yeah. He I ran was, after surgery
0: as well.
2: He did, he? yeah. yeah. It,
0: uh, was it bun- bunion surgery?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even... So I don't know, I mean... Yeah, so I think yeah. the
3: official definition does say a mile... But i think like a lot of us have said you you know it's quite easy to do a mile into it so but again i don't know what i've done like say i've run every day in january and i've made sure i've done at least three miles because mm. to me that that's a, a run i wouldn't consider a mile really to be a run oh. i guess it depends on everyone might be different yeah. as well so a mile to some people might be a challenge in itself so that's that's good if that's what i that remember when we
2: spoke to mark he said about five is minimum didn't he yeah yeah Oh, that's interesting then yeah I'd I'd say well obviously I'm not part of the governing body um,
0: but I think if I was doing no no yeah not yet Mark will be on there soon um, I think I'd probably say that if I was actually going to do a run probably minimum of 5k so three a mile
2: um, but like I said I'm not part of the governing body just yet <laughs> yeah get people to get in touch and let us know what they think I, I, th- I think 5k me about right. Five k a day is a run straight. Yeah, that'd be my view anyway. I know, but massive kudos to these guys that have done what they've done. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely. Because I've had days in my life where I've not even walked a mile. I moved.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think with Mark as well because he was close. He was close to. um, I think it was a it was a race that we were going to, and he weren't well. And then I messaged him after, and he said, "Oh yeah, I got out and I just did a five k and I proper pushed it to. to, I think it was Dewsbury." Um, in 2020, but Dave, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, w- just going back to Ron. Um, I spoke with Langford, Ron, uh, with Ron about this, um, and I know it, it was a, a, another irritation of his that people often uh, recognised him for the streak rather than his running achievements. And yeah, I think uh, I think that that was uh, a little. Uh, bugbear of his that he he ran all these fantastic times probably one of the the best (laughs) runners with the the world's ever seen people remember his streak rather than his performances but yeah um i've never really sort of measured my most consecutive days running i i wouldn't know what my longest streak was if i was to measure it i'd probably go along with Ron and say a mile a day i think that's uh I think that's that's reasonable but to be honest I, I never get my kit on for less than three mile <laughs> no point in getting your kit dirty for less than three mile I, oh, I always think
0: unless you're doing a double run day yeah, yeah. even
1: then i'd probably do even then i'd probably do uh even then i'd probably do a minimum of three mile for a run okay so now we're going to move on to our training so even at christmas we haven't stopped racing uh, as they've been coming thick and fast uh with our christmas day park runs ribble valley 10k uh, Brass Monkey Half Marathon, uh, the Moss Handicap, Manchester League Cross Country, South East Lanks Cross Country, and the North Lakes New Year Half. So uh, plenty to keep us all occupied uh, since the uh, end of Series 1. Uh, so I'll kick off. Um, I've had a, a bit of a breakthrough since we ended Season 1. Um, uh, probably over that that the festive period saw a real upturn in form and um, I'd say probably performing better than I've performed um for probably four or five years really um just managed to get some consistency together um got over my COVID that um sort of really 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 struggled after that in September um and I've got quite a long streak of running together now after um without injury uh, it's probably the longest stint I've had without injury for some time and it's certainly that consistency is um uh, starting to show in my training now so uh, yeah it all really uh, started to turn around on Christmas day I went to do a part run um what wasn't really any intention of going there chasing any time it thought just thought it'd be nice to go there and have a, have a run with my brother over uh, on Christmas day before we go around to the folks house um and uh, there, were, there was a bit of a stellar field there and a f- few quick lads who uh, sort of can, can run uh, under 15 minutes on on the on a good day so I thought well you yeah, know we'll uh We'll we'll have a go and we'll we'll try and try and stick with him for as long as I can and um, ended up um, only finishing ten seconds behind the winner. But more importantly, um, I say winner first across the line because it's a part run. <laughs> um, but more importantly, um, around sixteen oh two, which was my fastest part run um, for a, for a good few years. Um, not the quickest, of course, either ever at South Manchester in the uh, in the winter with the with the the, the underfoot conditions uh, around the lake a little bit slippy. Um so yeah that was a that was a big step forward for me. Particularly the guys I was uh, um very close to. Um and then I ran a little uh, handicap event on on, on Moss near Stretford, um uh, on New Year's Eve. Um and that went just as well, if not better. Um apart from a little fall I had at the start, so I, I fell over just before the start, managed to uh, hit the deck quite hard, win myself, got up and uh Bit of adrenaline started chasing the uh the, the runners uh that had set off ahead of me and managed to to cross the line in fifth place which meant i think i think i set off maybe 30 i think i was the 38th person to set off and pulled through to fifth so uh yeah um and um ran, ran was was overtaking people who you know set off a, a good good way in front of me who, who'd actually been beating me in some of the cross countries earlier in the season so that was a big positive and then i moved on to the manchester league cross-country finally um so i had done match two and match three in the manchester league um finished 40th in match two 26th in match three uh went to Tatten park um um sort of a lot more confident after those two races i, I, I think the big difference was I've, i was able to go off a little bit quicker because in the first two matches I kind of had that feeling that I wasn't fit enough to to go off at a good pace and and, and hold it without struggling. Whereas I thought I can, I can afford to take a bit more of a gamble here and go off with the front runners because I've got the fitness to hold it now. Um, and yeah. uh, I went off uh, on um, quite 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 well up. I was I was I was straight into the top 15 and uh, managed to stay there. Managed to pick um, pick a few people off uh, over the last lap and uh, really strong finish to, to place 12th. So. Yeah, um in, in a good position now. Um fitness is uh, in a good place. Um my body's in a good place in terms of injuries. And uh yeah, just looking forward to to the last league race now. Uh the other point of note before I hand over to Callum was that I um that that that, that 12th place uh, placed me first in the vets category in the Manchester League and it actually now means that I'm leading the uh, overall series in the in the vets in the Manchester League. So uh, one more to go, and uh, hopefully I can uh, um, wrap it up and um, and end up uh, end up with on 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 top. So yeah, all, all good.
0: Callum, do you want to give us your update? Yeah. Um, so. Christmas break was really good. Um, sorry to announce that I didn't have any Christmas pudding on Christmas Day. Um, so it is on, wa- on for uh, this year, though, I've made it. Might get
2: some on sale now, have Yeah, we? yeah.
0: Like, you know what? I think it was a couple of days before Christmas, I went, need to go and get some brandy sauce. And I was telling everyone that I needed to go to Sainsbury's, but everyone was going, don't even bother going. I'll be too busy. Um, so, yeah, over Christmas, ate and drank loads, but then had... Uh, a couple of races in mind. So, first one was Ribble. So, for races, um, I had Ribble, Brass Monkey Half and South East Lanx Cross Country. So, first, massive thanks to Mike Boucher for the place at Ribble. So, went down to Ribble with Sean, Joe, um, and then met Mark there as well. Good course, but I thought, genuinely thought it was flat as a pancake. And we get there, and Mark goes, Yeah, so you run down this road, and then you go straight back up this hill and then I was like oh no and then you come back going down the hill and then back up the hill Um, so I went out with a PB in mind Um, I was going to go for 37.30 which is just over 6 minute mile in Um, had a bad second mile um, and a bit of a climb but overall the pace was quite good so ended up with a 10k PB of 37.33 so good way to finish the year Um, then went to Wales for a few few days did a lot of running round there Ended up tripling the amount of climbing that I usually do here. I think I did just over 1,200 foot of climbing. You usually only do about 300 foot of climbing here. It's mm. it was brilliant. It's really nice. Um, followed some, di- got lost. Followed some directions of locals from locals. Um, ignored them then got lost again, <laughs> and then ended up in an active quarry, and had to jump over a few streams and <laughs> over fences, so got in a little bit of trouble there. Um, got home, and then training was back on normal for Brass Monkey Half, so after Ribble, and a couple of good tempo runs for me, I was in mine for about 122, 123. Um, so I spoke to Glenn Piper, and he gave me some advice on how to gauge the half and see where I was at 10k, so the plan was to set off around about six fifteen to six twenties, 20s um, passing 10k in around 39 to 39 30 um, and then see if i was finding it all right and then press if i it was all right so i got to the race course in york um scoped out went to the toilet queued up the queues were massive it was ridiculous the amount of queues and how long they were compared to toilets because they didn't open up the main toilets so um, did the business, went back to the car, got ready, ran back, and then needed away, and then <laughs> took, and then the queues were massive again. Everyone what was waiting. Were you doing <laughs> 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 no comment. Um, so then I was thinking, at, at the start, you go through the car park, and then you go onto the main road where the start is. And there's some bushes at the side, and I thought, should I? Should I just go? And I thought, no, it'd be a bit inappropriate. There's quite a lot of people around. So I thought I could use if I need the toilet going all the way around in my mind I could run a bit quicker. <laughs> that didn't work because the first six miles all I was doing was looking around for an area to go to the toilet. <laughs> so at about six miles I found a little gap, went to the toilet um, and then I joined the race again and I knew I could, couldn't could push too hard to try and catch the people in front that I was with because we I was in a good little group. Um, so. I joined in the race again, um, went out about 6.15s and then had a good, really good battle with someone from about 7 to 11 mile and then at about 11 mile you go up over a little bridge when I got over the bridge that guy had gone so um, I'd left him behind so next two miles I knew that I needed to pull a bit more time back so ended up doing 6.08s all the way back um, and then crossed the line in one twenty-two 33 or 43 um, but I'm really really chuffed um, <coughs> getting that after the half I struggled to walk um, so it did show that I put my all in so I had a week left and then went to cross country um, at Heaton Park so I was in a bit of a rush when I got there didn't warm up um, legs felt really really heavy and then set off in the race and I tried to stick with someone that I recognised in the last couple of races that I've been to cross-country and it was my old geography teacher from high school <laughs> and I thought right I'll try and stick with him and then first lap he'd gone he'd gone right past me he'd gone past Dan Armstrong and he, w- he w- went to Audie with me I think he was in the year above and he said oh a couple of days later he went oh did you recognize him he was our old geography teacher no, yeah. <laughs> no so um I think he's winning it as well, I think he is winning his age category, the VET 50s. Um, so three three laps later I was really happy to get over the line in 38.30, lots of cheering on from Katie as well, got some good uh, good pictures. So for now it's training towards the Trafford 10k in March, um, today I got a place in Mid Cheshire 5k as well, um, so looking forward to that and I was contacted by Great Run um, for pacing there couple of their events so i'm pacing the 140 at great north run and i'm pacing 45 minutes at manchester 10k and that's it from me so i'll pass over now to Gator.
3: great thank you i think you need to add um, toilet training you boys to your uh, (laughs) your schedules because sean didn't you have to stop at london marathon for a week
2: it's the biggest challenge of running for (laughs) me that it really (laughs) is you know
3: (laughs) It's not good having to stop for a wee is it mid-race though, skill <laughs> by error. Ca- get a
0: bag and keep
3: the cars warm. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie, so I've not got too much to report. Um, since we last recorded I've just done the cross country at Heaton Park as part of the South East Lanks um, League. So, um, on the 18th of December um, in that race I finished in 7th place in 33.41 so I was quite pleased with that because back in October I finished in 14th place 35.26 so a couple of minutes uh, upon that one so I was quite pleased with that and then just last weekend 22nd of January um, we did the the 3rd race and I finished in 6th place and that was in 31.59 so again took about a minute and a half off the um, the previous one so I was quite pleased with that is quite a tough course and so I think you'll agree Callum yeah <laughs> um but yeah I feel like I'm I'm finding my feet with that I like kind of being in the mud and up the hills that's my kind of thing so yeah I do I do enjoy that so there's one more left in March so try and um get PB on that on that one um and that's it from me really I'm just trying to um get myself together ready for manchester marathon in in april but i'm kind of doing a bit of a mum plan as i'm liking to call it at the minute because i've not even pulled a a proper running plan together at the minute i'm just doing what i can um in between you know busy busy lifestyle um but i'm getting there i've done um 50 mile weeks for the last few weeks um and a couple of of long runs so although i've not got anything officially on paper um i'm i'm getting there and, and building up so yeah that's me
0: well, did you know that you're... have just checked the results now. But did you know that you're first in your age category? I
3: didn't, no. For
0: South East links.
2: So, you're there you at... Go. There you go. So
3: the Benefits of being old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for me, our am Ribble as well. Um, I thought it was a cracking race. It it was um, a bit warmer than Wilmslow as well, on set not know how cold Wilmslow was. By half a degree or so. <laughs> yeah yeah it was hillier than i thought it would be as well to be fair but i don't know i think these undulating courses sometimes lend themselves to pretty quick running because you you get you get your time back on the downhills so I, I run um 30, 34 14, i think officially on the results which it's not quite a pb but i was pretty happy with that um especially with the amount of carb loading I did over christmas <laughs> you know carb loading for an ultra just run a 10k and um it went okay for me we got held up a little bit at the start I don't know if you experienced that it was a really congested start as well yeah yeah, yeah. i think
0: i started a little bit further back i was i was with gav brown and he was a bit bit further back as well i think he said that he struggled a bit to get going
2: yeah yeah so i think my second mile was really probably too fast probably like 5k pace you now trying to pull it back a bit and i uh, was able you know sometimes you pay a price for that but yeah but it was good i enjoyed that race um and I was pretty pleased with my um, uh, time there as well. And then, um, then I went off up to the lakes for New Year, which we do every year. And um, I ran the North Lakes Half Marathon, which is an undulating course again. It's in its, I think it's in its fourth or fifth year now that race, and I've done, I've done four, I've done, I've just missed one basically out of them since I've been going. Um, so I really enjoyed that and ran um, 118 there, so just under 118. So. I think um, with that, I just, you know, when you re- reflect on a race and it starts to break up into little groups, and I just made a mistake of not going with the group at the front, I think, in that race. so uh, I felt they were moving too quick, and I thought, no, I'm going to sit with this group and play it safe. But then they just fell away, so I was on my own then. Um, and I, I could see this little click in front and never really be, was able to catch, so I only finished 19 seconds behind third place to take fourth. So I was pretty pleased with that, and I won the VET vet 40 because they don't have a vet 45 i mean i turned 45 <laughs> on boxing day and the first race they doesn't have a vet 45 category so <laughs> so i thought it was supposed to get easier but i was happy to win the vet 40 fortunately no 41 year old turned up and <laughs> ran quicker than me so that was pretty good um so yeah it's been good and i've been getting around with a couple of different part runs where i went over to south manchester part run um few weeks ago um ran uh, 16.57 there for, and finished fourth and that, that was actually my fastest part run time that um, which i didn't realize i think it's because i'm always running Stamford and Hyde; they're not quick quick courses are they mm. so to run sub 17 i was pretty pleased with that it's a little bit icy but really good conditions and obviously a quick field you know running 16.57 and finishing fourth um, but it helps that, I always find that my quicker times at part runs always come when you've, you're chasing people. Mm. It always helps that. Exactly I think what but
1: I was just saying about mine on Christmas day.
2: Yeah, that's a, it's a good point, uh, whenever I look at um, the times when I actually finish first they're not that quick, because I think once you get a bit of a gap you you can't press yourself as much can you? I think we've talked about this a lot, about training in groups as well, it's the same effect. Mm. Yeah so it's really good, I've had a good spell and then just most recently now I've picked up a little bit of um, a bit of a niggle really, it's not a bad injury but it's a niggle in my hip flexor which has just come at a bit really bad time because I'm just starting to pick up the mileage now for the Wrexham Elite Marathon in April and I've just got loads going on as well, in, you know at home and in work and stuff so I really needed running and all of a sudden now I can't run for a few days so I'm hoping to be back running by this weekend. Fingers crossed I can get on the tempo loop tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, it's enough about us, anyway. Let's get on to the guest and the first guest of season two um, of this episode as well. So, we've got with us tonight a lifelong Salford Harrier who has some impressive times as well as some impressive shorts. <laughs> and <we'll laughs> that, that's probably up for debate. We'll talk about that <laughs> as we move on. He's got times of. Um, in the 5k 29.45 in the 10k and a 68.15 half marathon please welcome to the local runners podcast joe bailey cheers thanks a lot thanks for having me so joe welcome i know you've been struggling with a few injuries late so how's the recovery going mate and what are your goals for this year
4: yeah i mean um it started december really um started with a little bit of heel pain and um, just carried on running through it, and um, eventually, sort of come last last week of December. It's like um, I had plantar fasciitis, so I was unable to run really. So I had a couple of week off, um, just trying to get the get the swelling down. But I've had it before, you know. One of them things that I you think you just gotta to have to rest and um, go about stretching it, rolling it, things like that. Um, so yeah, I've. I've um, I've had a couple of um, bouts of the uh, shot wave therapy, which is out quite a lot. Um, I had that last time, uh, last time I had it, and it seemed to go away after uh, four four sessions. So, two sessions in, I'm feeling like it's on the way out now, and gradually building the running back up, and probably, you know, 50 miles, 60 miles this week, and then ho- hopefully, as, as the shot wave, uh, one a week, I'll be a. Uh, About two or three weeks i should be back to normal training really um bit of illness yeah last week so last week could have gone a little bit better but like probably done me a favor really because i probably need to chill out with it with with having the injury but yeah um and as far as um you know goals for this year i just think um just what i get back to you know relatively somewhere near the standard i was at you know, I'm looking probably at the back end of this year, really, to be um, coming into some some good form. But hopefully, the body holds up. You know, and um, some hard training, which I'm used to, I'll be getting back there. Hopefully, yeah.
2: is it painful? shatway therapy? Yeah, it,
4: it is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds it. Yeah, um, it it's mad because like it's not an actual. You think well, is it painful? As in contact with your skin it's like it's a bit like a like a massage gun really but it's it sends shot waves through your foot so you don't necessarily feel it on the you feel it inside your foot the pain yeah it's sort of like shakes your bones it's it's a crazy feeling <laughs> but like i like this is like the same the second second time i've had it this week i had it monday so the guy turned the frequency up a, a bit and um like it got to the point where I, the cover of what like I'm on the massage table made through the hole I was crying because it was that so he's like are you alright mate I'm like yeah yeah sound uh, just keep going but like I was drying my tears with like the cloth on the uh, on his table but yeah it's so <laughs> it, it can't be any worse than uh, 45 minutes on Duncan's physio bed though no it's not especially when he gets the, uh, gets, the gets his tool out you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, all, they all metal too um obviously people who've had dunk will know what I'm saying but uh yeah Um it's that's I mean yeah dunk can be pretty rough
2: <laughs> moving on <laughs> quickly <laughs> so obviously lifelong um Salford area and um we'll, we'll come on to that shortly but for someone who's always giving 100% in sessions and races uh have you had to adjust your training over the year to reduce injury risk such as that
4: yeah i think um sort of over lockdown i sort of realized that you know i couldn't what i was doing and what i have done really since i've been in running is you know three sessions a week which you know is still still a plan now but everything around that was pretty hard as well like you know there would be me double days like i'd be doing five um five in the morning say on a monday i'd do five in the morning probably low six minute miling, and then on my way home from work i'd do 10 and i could be doing like 550s and it was like at the time it felt you know everyone says that you know it felt doable and it felt easy but you know, it it, it it doesn't, you're lying to yourself, because I think, you know, the stress that you're putting your body under, and that's on a Monday, don't forget on a Tuesday, you know, you're doing that in the morning, and then you're at the track on the Tuesday night, so you're putting, your, you're just constantly, you know, battering yourself, you're not giving me a chance any, you, your body any chance to, to uh, you know, recover, and I think, if anything, that's probably what I've been guilty of, um, but you, of you, you don't really know at the time, and you just think well, you're getting these injuries, and you know, oh, it's just because you know I'm running and whatnot. You, you think about it clearly, and you, there is little things like that. Like that, that, that's the biggest change I've ever made. Really, as as far as um, you know, trying to avoid injury. But I do think it's worked. I mean, I know like i have just said, I've got plantar fasciitis and whatnot. But it's one of them things where you know, it, like the last two years, I've been consistent as far as I mean. I've done about, I think I've done, the last two years, uh, 7,000 mile, you know, three, three and a half, 3,600 3, mile a year, so, you know, it it is, it, it, I'm doing a lot, you know, there's a, the odd injury there and that, but I think, with making that slight change, I think, when the injuries come, they're not as big as what they were, the calves aren't going as much anymore, you know, and uh, I'm able to sort of recover and sort of get back on the horse. I think you said to me at the
1: track a couple of weeks ago, Joe, that um, you've slowed your runs down, and I think you made a a comment about one of our previous guests. I think you said Nigel Martin uh, is responsible for uh,
4: everyone in Manchester slowing the runs down. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, like, at this minute in time, like, you know, you can't really argue with what Nigel's doing, so he's a bit of a trendsetter. I mean, (laughs) you know... (laughs) He'll, he'll probably thank me for saying it, really, but he's trendy at the minute, Nigel. <laughs> 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 And you know, but say 10 years ago, Dave, you know, Jonesy was the man, yeah, so Jonesy yeah. was trendy. completely different. And we were all running good six girl. minute mile and on the way yeah, home, exactly. and we were all, you know, trying to be that guy. So now we're all trying to be Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so true,
4: is it? You know, just think like I wish everyone would copy what I was doing if I was any good, but obviously, <laughs> it, 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 that, you can't argue with what Nigel's doing, can you? So, yeah, we're just copying.
2: I mean, he certainly can. We were just talking before we started, so I, I've copied his, <laughs> what he's doing with me footwear, you know, because he said not to wear your uh, next percent in your training, so I'm trying that, so I guess we're all following his yeah, foot, aren't we? You know what
4: I mean, like, when we, I, I shared a room with him in, in Armagh, um, it's like the Nigel Martin loving, <laughs> isn't <laughs> um, Me and Gavin, uh, Gavin Hill, um, we did the armor 5K, Sorry, the mic cut out then, but um, yeah, I shared a room with um, Nigel and Gavin um, before the RMR 5K in um, morning of the race, the race is like, it's, an eight, it's a late race, it's like eight, nine o'clock um, at night, and um, I remember Nigel just saying to, to Gavin, like, you, you know, you're not having another coffee now, um, Gav, you, the race is at eight, well, the, 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 the good time to have this next coffee is six, seven o'clock, so I'm thinking, nah, he's winding him up here, it's not, you know, it, he's he's probably just having him over, like, <laughs> but come come six, seven o'clock, Nigel's got the, um, all the brewing paraphernalia out, and he's, he's brewing up for, for I've had a brew, um, Gavin's gasping for a no- for a coffee, and we've all nailed these pretty strong coffees, like, you know, and, I mean, Nigel's going to run sub-14, so, if you're gonna race at eight o'clock, make sure you have a coffee at six. Yeah. Don't have one before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that, I mean, that, that's what, so. That's what I've took from Nigel as well as his pace, his coffee time, <laughs> perfection. Yeah.
2: This episode gets to buy Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay,
2: so how much has being a member of Salford Areas over the years helped you? Um, Been a lifelong Salford Area.
4: Yeah, um, I, I mean I've been lucky really. I fell on my feet because it was it was the local club, um, so I found myself down there. And I mean it could have been any club. It could have, have any caliber of runner been involved in relays, not been involved in relays. But like I say, it all sort of fell into place. You know they were a very competitive club. Um, always had teams out at the relays. Things that I was unaware of before I started running. You know the competitions um, that they were a part of. Um, you know, cross country leagues, things like that. I didn't actually know these teams are available. I mean, obviously, these other clubs don't don't put teams out at relays. You know, don't have teams at Manchester League, cross country, think these type of things. So, I think because Salford was so, you know, firing on all fronts as far as um, competition was concerned, as soon as I joined the club, I was getting involved in all these uh, competitions. You know, trying to get in these teams for relays, things like that. Straight from the off, and I think that you it sort of brings into when you join a club like Salford. You you can go one of two ways. You can be, you know, a social member, um, just comes down for a laugh and a good time, you know, as well as the running. Or you can be competitive. You know, <coughs> and push to get into teams, push to win Northerns, push to be up there in national competitions. Which you know, when when I set off. Uh, joining Salford I think I was just sort of there just to you know um, basically just to improve my running but I didn't think I was going to where I got to in the end really but yeah I fell on my feet joining Salford and obviously probably the best decision I made as far as my running can, career is concerned definitely.
2: Sorry. Okay so on to some listener questions we've got a few questions in from Michael Harris at Hard Village Striders um, so he's asking what's your hardest and most enjoyable racing distance so um, I know Michael is a ultra runner so we would obviously prefer to run a 50k than a 5k any day so what would you say Joe
4: yeah I think uh, I've done various distances from say like uh, 3k to half marathon I think I think the hardest for me personally uh, 3k on the track yeah. it's just it's just intense there's no let up you know you're straight that Straight off, and you've got no time to settle in, have you, Dave? It's it's pain a
1: pain cave, absolute pain cave. A three k on the track. Yeah, Something. you
4: know you're off, and you you you're just looking at that lap counter going down, but you've you've not got any time to settle in, and you you're just going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I would say three k's a the hardest distance. Yeah, definitely. What about most enjoyable. Most enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, if you're putting yourself through it, is anything enjoyable? Um, (laughs) My favourite, my favourite would be 10K. But best 10Ks I've run, you know, I ain't enjoyed them. Until I finished, (laughs) until I stopped the watch and I've loved them. But yeah. (laughs) So yeah, 10K, I'd say I enjoy the most.
2: I think that's a great point though, actually. You know, when you're actually in it, it's not enjoyable, is it?
4: (laughs) No. No, it's not. I think if you, it depends on it. You know, if you go in there to, you could go it's a training run or something like that, and you get to have, I mean, like when I, when you did, um, oh, the one in Wales. Oh my. Conway, me and Billy ran round it, and that was enjoyable, but I went a race, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, racing is not enjoyable. Until <laughs> so you're finished. Yeah. And then you love it.
2: Yeah, great point. Never really thought of it like that, but we seem to do a lot of it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, is um, Another question from Michael. He's uh, he's having a discussion with a friend around what's considered an easy run. So he tries to go by feel and considers his heart rate without focusing too much on actual pace. So obviously, someone who's run sub thirty in the ten k, would where does an easy pace sit for you? Typically, would you say?
4: Well, like I was saying, you know, I've, I have slowed things down um, a lot over the last two years. So I would say at this minute in time, I think. Anywhere between seven minutes to seven thirties, I would say you know is easy. But on a Friday, I have a really easy day, so that could be anywhere between you know seven thirty to eight minute mile, and somewhere around that point. It's all You know, you say that if you if you'd raced the day before and you're not feeling great, then it's just about getting out there and getting it done, really, yeah. whatever pace. But yeah, seven thirties.
2: Yeah, I think <coughs> everyone said that really. We've asked that question a lot, haven't we? It's more about just forgetting about you watching it, I
4: think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, like I say, Friday for me is my easy day. It's just, it, it's forever. It's just been, you know, five or so a mile um, and basically just the means to an end, really. You know, you've got a big session coming Saturday morning, so you just sort of, you know, if you it's like if you run home from work, you're just basically getting home. That's it, really.
2: <coughs> so he's done a bit of Strava stalking. And he said he's seen runs about 4:30 pace. I'm not sure if he means k or. Yeah,
4: he'll mean k miles. He'll mean it'll miles, on the boy. Th- <laughs> 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 no, it'd be k's exactly <laughs> that way. the track. <laughs> but then, uh,
2: give give or take. Anyway, he says so. It could be. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but higher heart rate than expected for an easy run. He also uh, says that he's no expert. I just like the data. So it's just in context to what he was uh that last question I yeah
4: guess, really. i mean i've not been well recently mike i mean it might be <laughs> it you know be the <laughs> h did the, the art rates a sad bit higher than it has been of late but i think normally say for me 730 pace around that is somewhere between 130 beats a minute um which i i, I would say is where i want to be at really 130 135 Recent, i mean i ran to work today did five 730 something like that, my heart rate is 150 so you know I, i'm just coming off the back of a cold so mm. it, it, that's it's a, it's a show in it like you you know you've, you've been rough or whatever your heart rate's higher
2: and what, what about training structure he asks about what's your training structure like so you can see obviously from your striver that you're doing quite a few sessions each week um what, what does it look like a typical week for you yeah
4: um so you know on a tuesday it's it, it is track work whether it whether that be on the track, the majority of the time it is on the track, or if not shorter road reps you know 2 minute, 1 minute effort, something like that um, and then on a Thursday uh, it's a tempo and that could be anywhere between 20 minutes to 8 mile um, and then on a, a Saturday we've we've got um, something a bit, bit different from that, it's you know, the longer road reps, whether it be mile reps um, working way up to 6-7 minute Eight-minute reps, uh, working our way down. So longer road reps Saturday mornings, and then uh, a long run Sunday. Uh, that's, and it's always been like that. Um, I think the tempos have got ever so ever so uh, a bit a little bit longer of late, um, with less intensity. But yeah, um, three sessions a week: track, tempo, longer road reps.
2: Yeah. Now this is Rick. I love this question. I could have asked it myself but on the subject of Strava he says what's with the pictures
4: it's just a boring place isn't it Strava <laughs> so you want to lighten it up with you know I'm looking at myself with a uh, full leopard print them. rig out <laughs> yeah you know like I say if you can um lighten the mood on Strava I think I always have a go <laughs> at doing it whether it be through the picture or whether it be through um you know the title of a run some of them are a bit over the mark a, a bit every now and again but you know Whatever in it, unfollow um, me if you don't like it. Oh no, I don't mean that, Mike, personally. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> if, they, if these new people, f- please follow me, Mike. If uh, these people, you know. I like the one um, where you ran the Conway Marathon route,
2: just supporting and got a medal. Know, so yeah,
4: well, that's. Yeah, I've been doing that for a few years now. I think um, I've done the Ma- Manchester Marathon, a few things, you know, just rolling over the line and getting the bag and getting off. Get a t shirt out of it, don't you? And you don't even have to do the full distance. The funny thing is the, the, the time I did sign up for the marathon and I bombed at 20 mile I didn't even get a t-shirt for that <laughs> and I signed up for it <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I mean it shouldn't do Irish because I didn't finish it but you know I've done 10 miles of it before now we will come home with a medal
2: <laughs> thanks uh, I'm going to hand over to Katie she has got some questions of her
3: own for you thank you Okay, okay. so obvious shoe and food questions from me <laughs> so what's your favourite running shoe and do you wear different shoes for different distances and different terrain and if so what are your recommendations
4: uh, yeah at the minute um, I think everyone's pretty much the same aren't they with um, racing you know in the Vaporflys uh, Alfaflys whichever you fancy um, I've tried a few of them actually I've had a uh, pair of the Asics um, at a speed I like them but um, and the Brooks hyper is it hyperion elite i think they're called um but yeah my favorite is the um vapor flies um so yeah and um as far as you know running on um easy runs i do um it's a bit like nigel this (laughs) i do like running in ultras and that's not because that isn't because nigel runs in ultras (laughs) I promise you.
3: Nigel, thank <laughs> oh, <I> love <laughs> it. you. it. get done for
4: stalking here. Yeah. Uh. No, I mean, I, I've, had, I've struggled with... Uh, I, I've got wide feet, so, you know, uh, I, I've had a Martin's new Roma, um, removed from my foot before now. So, I like now... I, I, whether it be Nike, I always wear wi- the wider fit shoes, so all my easy miles are done in mainly ultra, if not um, Pegasus, uh, Nike Pegasus, but... Wider shoes again. Um, so yeah, um, just a way of looking after my feet, really.
3: Bob, thank you. And what's your go-to pre-race meal? So the night before and morning off. And what do you tend to eat after a run?
4: Um, morning of a race, I don't really tend to eat a lot. Um, get up, say m- main most races are nine ten o'clock in the morning, aren't they? On a Saturday, every Sunday, say so. Um, black coffee and maybe a cereal bar if that really yeah you know you definitely got to get something down so yeah. the most a cereal bar Um yeah and then afterwards um boy you really but you know just um like a protein shake or something like that straight after the race Um I think you know these races at, uh, you know on a Thursday and things like that I've always when I've come home I've always struggled to have my tea anyway after it so I think it's um, especially at week night races basically just taking that um, whatever it be whether it be protein or something like that getting that down here and then just trying to get some tea when you get home but just picking really you
3: don't have any kind of post-run cravings no, then? No no, like no, yeah, no no not really really
4: like Carla no chippies no celery no chippies nothing like that no sorry I'd love to <laughs> oh <but> no,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> okay what's your standout race memory for both good and bad reasons.
4: Um, main ones that stick out, I think.
3: Dave, do you remember when we did that? Um,
4: that race through Bristol to uh, Windsor. Oh my god! And me, <laughs> yeah. it was me and Jones there on one it leg. Was
2: in the middle of the night.
4: Yeah, yeah. It uh, wow. In the it, really? it kicked off at uh, yeah, it's about three, four in the morning, and Dave, um, we were on the second leg, so Dave and uh, Ben Riddell were running as a team together. They were about half a mile up the road from us, and uh, it was me and Andy Jones, <laughs> and uh, set off. Jones is not giving you anything, is he? So we set off. we were four we we're four, four fifty miles at three in the morning, trying to chase these uh, him and Ben down, and we come. It's like we were going down this. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were going down this vivi- like a uh, prop pitch black. We had a torch on. I think I think
2: we must have done,
4: yeah, must four. have done, and like down this disused railway, and um, come through this tunnel. And it was... We, we'd we still not caught Ben and uh, Dave yet. But there was this guy. <laughs> this middle of nowhere. When it... Like miles away from a road. This guy. I don't know what he was on or anything like that. He stood in the middle of this tunnel. Which the tunnel went on for about half a mile. <laughs> pitch black. Playing a flute. <laughs> um... And I just sort of like give Jones the nudge. I'm like, yeah. what, what you know? What's going on here?
3: Like, you think <laughs> I, don't know, nice <laughs> I think we need to worry <laughs> up and a bit
4: But yeah, we, I, mean, I remember catching up with Dave and Ben and said, "See that guy in the in the tunnel playing the flute." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, bit of a strange one, really. Yeah, th- th- I mean, can anyone top that? I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so actually, stand out good memory. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's good. Yeah, it
4: could be no. a bad one, really. Um, yeah. So that's you'd say that's it unusual memory good yeah. memories <laughs> there's you know when i think um when i first um broke 30 minutes to 10k um uh, manchester good memories because it was a it was a big achievement for me at the time you know and it was a barrier um that i broke down i didn't really to be honest i weren't really going for it but it, it happened and um i was you know it was a good memory because yeah. like best time so yeah um really cool. enjoyed that
3: what about a bad memory One on you've got to uh, um, make us feel better you must have a bad yeah, race memory yeah i'm
4: probably gonna <laughs> go uh, manchester marathon uh i think it was 2016. um yeah 2016. um i'd done all the training and that was feeling good um coming into it and you know i'd run uh, about 68 minutes for half in the build-up so i fancy my chances um but yeah 20 mile uh called it a day um a I, I bit of, cr- of cramping me um like my calves a cramp all up me um it just through my hips and everything i, I just couldn't raise I, cou- I just couldn't raise my knees um to go anywhere really so i was plodding so yeah just got on the tram um <laughs> where was it now somewhere in altering and just uh and i didn't e- I was that far behind at the end i didn't even get on before the loo- the before the winner Cause were, and i was on the tram <laughs> so yeah that was that was a bad memory that really oh no yeah, Do you want to erase that
3: one yeah okay so. let's forget that one then move on <laughs> <laughs> okay so if i'm going to think about racing a 5k and i'll admit the thought of it makes me feel physically sick <laughs> at the minute um but i'm all for pushing myself out of my comfort zone um i guess i need to start doing some speed work As a plodder who has one speed, I'm sure I've said on here before that I just run at one speed, whatever distance I'm doing. So whether I'm doing three miles, four miles or a marathon, I literally run at the same speed. So what advice would you give to me and others who might be looking at improving the speed over the shorter distance?
4: Well, I think, you know, it's all about introducing speed work slowly. You know, like you say, if you've not really done that much, it could be a case of just going down to your local track um, warming up nice and easy and then maybe running one lap hard or one lap you know one lap relatively quicker one lap relatively slower you know and as the weeks go by you'll find that that quick lap is getting quicker yeah and the slower lap is also getting quicker and I think you just find your feet that way really just by getting out of your comfort zone you know maybe only five or six laps yeah to begin with
3: so you'd recommend track running though i would say so yeah i've just never think, run on a track
4: <laughs> i just think it's it, it's a lot easier to because you know it's traffic free yeah um, you don't have to worry about anything yeah it's not dark it's well lit it, you know it's you in the track so you can just concentrate on your breathing concentrate on your pace and like you say just you know you can run as hard as you yeah as you as you want
3: I know that is um, a difficulty at the minute because I run for hired village riders. We don't have access to a, a track at the minute, but I know that is something that the club are looking into to try and gain access to a track. Because I think quite a few runners have talked about that they, they'd like to do some speed work. And Like I say, it's difficult doing it out on the roads, and to, you know when yeah, it's wet, yeah, slippy, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah I maybe i'll any, try and get some access anyone to of any
4: standard if you introduce the track to them and they have not done it you'd see improvements i think you know not necessarily straight away but yeah i do yes. think it helps a lot
3: and do you help do you think that the track work helps with your longer distance running as well
4: yeah because i think you know if you're comfortable with the um, track you can you increase the volume of your sessions so you're doing big sessions on the track you know and you're only getting stronger through doing the bigger sessions not necessarily yeah. flat out you know say k reps and things like that that all makes you it, you know you're stronger so if you're stronger you can go for longer
3: yeah okie dokie so i think um, the guys have given me a challenge of going to park road and doing the the 5k loop there aren't you to as a starting point to get a bit of a time so i'll give that a go at some point and then try and do some speed sessions mm-hmm. Okay, so over to some listener questions from me. So we've got Sarah Bowman first from Facebook. She said, Firstly, I'd like to thank Joe. Without even realising, he and the other Salford lads and ladies really inspired me as a new runner back in 2011. Too scared to join a club, I tipped up for my first park run at Heaton Park in June that year. it was great to see and made me realise that in order to improve and feel better, you need to work hard and get out of your comfort zone. So my question for Joe: you seem to be on it year after year with such impressive times. But what I want to know is, have you ever had a year where you've achieved everything sat that you set out to sat back with a big fat cigar and said yep nailed it and if so what year was that and then on the flip side have you ever had a rubbish year where you've thought about taking up crown green balls <laughs> great question from question, sarah that,
4: yeah <laughs> um my best year on record is uh i think 2011 where i achieved most of my pbs and you know, i was i was up there in most races but i think at the time you know when you when i was only 23 at the time so it wasn't a case of wow well, i've done everything do you know what i mean it's a case of this is good but i want more you know so you don't really you i was never really enjoying i mean don't get me wrong you know i loved it but being you know competitive and doing all in pbs but i just think You think to yourself, well, when's the next race? And I want, you know, can I go quicker? I want to go quicker now. How am I going to go about quicker? You know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if I look back now, I would say, yeah, that was the year I nailed it. But I think to myself, even now, I still want to go quicker than that. Even, you know, 10 years later. It's two, 11 years later now. So, yeah, um, that was the year. And have I ever thought about giving up (laughs) crown? Have I ever thought about taking up crown green balls? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no i've not no but you know (laughs) i think i've I've had some terrible years if you just have to look at my power of 10 where i've been in and out i've been injured and whatnot and things like that but you know i do really enjoy running and i think it's one of those things where if you if you're so into it you regardless of you know the results sometimes aren't great but i think it's one of those things where well you know you're going to turn a corner again you've just got to keep doing it because if you don't if you if you stop getting if you're going to say like, well i'm not racing now you know because i'm not things aren't going the best um it's a you know it's a long road back that way so yeah
3: yep so no balls ri- to come then. not just yet, not no. just yet really. <laughs> <laughs> excellent okay and uh final question for me comes from um, dominic Nabb on from salford harriers who's messaged in via instagram and his question for you is if you could only beat one of your pbs again which one would it be <laughs> uh
4: 10k just it's, i think it's like for me like i say it's my favorite distance and probably the race that got me into the sport well the distance that got me into the sport so i think um i think that's where my strengths were, you know in, f- earlier on in my career i think that's where my strengths lay so yeah i really like to to lower that now yeah so Great. 10k. cheers don
3: watch this space okay right thank you i'm gonna hand over to callum
0: cheers katie and welcome joe so I've got a few questions for you. So the first question is um, in 2021 last year, you ran two 5Ks a week apart. Both were bang on 15.24. So one was at podium, and one was at mid Cheshire. And with the shoe question in mind, did you keep the same shoes or did you swap? And some impressive times, what did you do in the week between those races if you can remember?
4: Yeah, um, I think I wore, um Vapor flies on both um, both occasions. There, um, I remember the races now, yeah, because they were very close together. And at the time, I was just sort of like, you know, trying to get. I'd done. A, 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 I think the previous months had been at the sales, Lizard and not really got many um, good results there. You know, I think it did. I think it did the full series, if not, maybe missed one. Um so the times were sort of, you know, they, they weren't there. I was, I was struggling to break 50, uh, 16 minutes. So. Um, you know a little bit more training a little bit down the road and obviously you know podium and mid Cheshire are both both very quick courses Um so just a little bit fitter than I was a couple of weeks um, week before it and you know things were starting to go then in the right direction um, so yeah probably and I think at that time when was it was it, it was some of that wasn't it so they wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been doing much in between anyway um, I think I'd have just sort of like you know put me and him getting both them. Um, probably I w- to be honest, I'd probably like to have gone quicker then later on. But you know, it's one of them things, isn't it? Uh, but yeah,
0: smashing. So um, in 2011, you mentioned before 2011 was probably your best year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a bit of power of ten stalking. Um, so you smashed sub 30 for a 10k twice, once in Manchester and then once in Cardiff and after knocking on the door for a couple of years, how did it feel to get that sub-30? Yeah,
4: it was, um, like I say, um, it wasn't really the plan, I don't think. I remember it was, uh, I did Trafford 10k in March, I think around 31 minutes there, Um, then I did Salford 10k the month later, April and I ran 30:15. Um the training was going a lot better then. Um, and I remember a couple of weeks out from uh, Manchester 10k. I was always going to do it, but I remember um, my coach at the time, uh, Bob Merrill, um he after one session he went you know I, I I think you've got I think you've got um got it about you know to sort of like, you know, break for uh, you know you might hopefully you go run 29:55 something like that and thinking to myself, because at the time like I'd not broke 15 minutes for 5k although I'd run pretty well at Salford, I was like well you know to run sub 30 you've got to obviously run two sub 15 minute 5k's and I've not done it yet but I think that was just because I didn't have the opportunities at that time um, there wasn't as many 5k's as there is now so probably the, the, my PB was probably from the year previous I mean I, I, I probably thought I was capable of breaking 15 minutes but you don't know if you capable of breaking it twice back to back if you've never done it before so i think that manchester 10k is uh, notorious for having a very good field um i remember just going off hard and thinking to myself well i'll just try and break 15 minutes for this first 5k and you know i know we're stronger from the month before and let's see how it goes and yeah um i remember just coming down the um coming back down into town past the hilton and that and just looking at the clock and thinking i've done it do you know what i mean and it it, it, well, like I say, it was one of the things just two weeks before it, it was sort of like well we'll have a go at trying to do that now and yeah it was uh like i was saying it was, i was really pleased at the time and you know, just thought like well now i can really get going now you know and uh, crack on from there really and then, like i said i had a good year on from then and i think cardiff was a bit later on in the year um so yeah, Cardiff was the same, Cardiff was a bit of a trickier course, it was probably a little bit fitter, fitter than it was at Manchester, but because it was a trickier course, and there was, uh, I was at the front end of the race, I think there was a uh, Josh Lilly and a, uh, I can't remember, is it, who was the um, steeplechaser, who used to run a finger, Stuart, Stuart, Stuart Stokes, so it was Stuart Stokes and Josh Lilly and me, and um, And a lad from, I mean, it must have been there. I think he was a Kenyan lad. I think he ended up running about 27 minutes on that day. So he's gone off, he went off from the off. He turned up in a pair of jeans. Like, he stood in the tent and you're like, this guy's having a laugh. Like, Um, but, you know, he was like the quickest um, 10k on UK soil at the time. He was like 27.55, something like that, 28 minutes. Not in the jeans, obviously, he changed. (laughs) But, so he's gone off and there's me. Uh, Stokes uh, and Josh Lilly just fighting it out for um, you know second. I think it finished. I think I, I don't know if it was fourth or third, but yeah, I think with running with two lads quite close together, you know, it got us round there. Like I say, it was a little bit tricky, course, in um, Manchester, but I was like I say, I was probably that little bit fitter. So yeah,
0: brilliant. So going back a little bit further back in time, um, what made you actually get into running?
4: Um, well. I played football in. A, I played football for school and uh, for a Sunday team when I was obviously when I was in school and um, both sort of ended as as I finished school. I just went to college and I never really. Um, I never really picked up any, any football again then or uh, any sort of exercise really. I've always been a big lad um, in school and that, um, so always putting on putting on weight and that um, sort of. I mean. I, w- I was getting a bit doing a bit in the gym and whatnot but it j- the weight just wasn't coming off so started doing a little bit of running training nothing too drastic and um my stepdad um f- said you know do you fancy um doing a manchester 10k with me so I'm like yeah i'll have some of that so like i say, i was doing a little bit of training at the time so we committed to doing that in the may it's probably i don't know 2007 something like that 2008 maybe Um, so yeah we both did that and I can't remember probably about 50 minutes something like that but I really enjoyed it you know what I mean and I just thought ah. I just carried on the training then because like I say I was training two weeks before and probably two or three runs a week tops three or four mile and then I just gradually sort of like you know got the bug for it and yeah just picked it up from there really
0: so during lockdown, d- um, you mentioned before about some things that you changed during lockdown. But how did you handle your training during lockdown, and did it have any effect on you, uh, both mentally and physically?
4: Yeah, um, I think we was having less parties than Boris, but you know, <laughs> we were getting by. Um, I think when it when it first kicked off, obviously we'd never been in this position before. No one knew what to do, where to meet, what to do. We were we allowed to meet? No one knew what what was going up going to happen so i think a couple of I mean, I mean obviously we were all training um i think a couple of months in through the uh, whatsapp groups and things like that um i think uh, dave Hudson, one of the uh Selford members just put on like you know start meeting on a thursday night um doing a bit of a session down there so we used to meet at the uh, same yet pub in a press and just do like a five or six mile tempo um, this is the start of lockdown, so pretty low-key, free of, you know, it was me, Odo, uh, Bill, a um, couple of lads joined us later on, like some Mighty broccolus people like that, um, Adam Slodovics, and that gradually just started to become the thing then, so we also just used to meet on a Thursday and do this loop round Eaton Park from the pub, obviously the pub was shut, you know, and we'd just sort of like drive home, we'd drive, drive home then after the uh, run and then i think as the restrictions sort of like were lifted and things like that there was a lot more people willing to train together and then the likes of uh, joe moore's um, who was new to salford um, i don't think he'd just joined salford just yet but he was sort of getting into his running and he come started training with me so i had a cute couple of lads then to run with uh, robert smick um, so you know from then thursday we organized to do things on a Saturday morning round uh, Bowley which is local to us and then sort of road reps because everything was short at the time so we were just sort of like what we what we tried to um, you know wherever we started we just come up with loops and that, I think that's where we come up with the uh, well not myself I don't know who it was to be honest um, come up with the loop round um, Greengate which is now the tempo loop on a Thursday I think we um, that come about just through like wanting to do mile reps or something like that because it's just short of a mile so if anything, there was a lot of positives during lockdown. I think we found a lot, a lot more loops, more, you know, different route, routes to uh, run through, and that. So, you know, we just did what we could do, and I think we we come out a bit pretty well. I think we all we were all pretty uh, motivated. We all got through it all. Um, you know, if anything, I, I like to race a lot. Um, not a lot, but you know, just to keep myself sharp. I, w- I wasn't as sharp as what I'd have liked to be, obviously, because I wasn't racing. I think um, it's one of them things, you know, it's just, sh- but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, we we did we did pretty well, all of us, the majority of the North Manchester lads from had stuck together and trained hard.
0: Ah, oh, good. So, um, Gav can't w- be with us tonight, so he sent us a couple of questions, so the first question is, do you miss the six minute mile in everything days, or do you enjoy, um, or are you enjoying the slower, steady running days now?
4: Uh, I do, I think I do miss them every now and again, because I think you, you sort of get, you know, it gets the blood pumping and that put your headphones in and you just you know, batter it really for, you know, however long it is, 5 or 10 mile, it's not, it's not you know what I mean it's not good for you <laughs> But uh, you know, it's now better than coming home and thinking I've battered that there but yeah, probably do miss it now and again I mean, I do turn it on every now and again, you know, maybe get down to 6.30, something like that, but like I say, nowhere near what I was doing and obviously Gavin knows, because, you know uh, we know go back quite quite a long time so yeah do miss it a bit Gav
0: <laughs> so he also says in our mart, um we s- saw the Nike Vaporfly 4% and jeans combo in the bar post race <laughs> do you think you'd get away with that now down at the local
4: no and it's that's terrible behaviour and I like to go on record that that wasn't me yeah, was or oh, oh, oh Gavin do you know what I mean a pair of Steve McQueen's and, a, and your vapour flies terrible terrible you know you, every time you go to the bar you're putting miles into the shoes so and you know, at two and a half hundred quid you'd be scared of going to the bar wouldn't you so no no good Gav finished <laughs>
0: so his last question is who's the biggest talent you've ever trained with um, I think it'd be
4: quite tough to <laughs> narrow probably narrow down so how about you give your top three uh, Top, I'd, I'd like to name one candidate as far as lads have trained with over the years and I'd probably say Carl Hardman's the most talented athlete I've ever trained with I think with Carl you know you knew what you were getting every time whether he, he'd go missing for six months and if the northern cross or it was the road relays or something like that and he'd start, he'd sort of start uh, to sh- show form about a couple of weeks out and you he thought here's carl's you know it, this is doing his usual trick comes to the relays and he nails it and i think um you know for whatever reason his majority injuries i know he was lack of motivation at times and what we carl but yeah as far as i'm concerned i think it, carl is a mega talented athlete um And you know I think he couldn't even now it he he can still achieve a lot more than what he has done on paper there you know with his PB's and that because I do think he's definitely got the ability to go even quicker you know later on in life Um, But and nowadays I'm down the track on a Tuesday with um, Duncan's lot and you can see a lot of the um, younger Salford areas you know 17 18 year olds doing the same type of sessions as what we're doing and you think to yourself well you know these kids—they could be going places um, pretty soon, really. Like you know, uh, Sam Hopkins. Um, there's another lad called Ethan, um, Oliver, um, Max Lowry. People like that. There's a there's a good group of lads there. Only young who you know when you're thinking to yourself, I not I wouldn't even run at their age. So what what are they going to be doing when they're in the twenties and that? So yeah, there's the, at Salford especially. There's a there's a good group of kids coming through. So it wasn't difficult to give you top one. So there's no, no I mean, yeah, three. in order, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Carl, yeah, for
0: me. Ah, brilliant. So now on to listeners' questions. Um, so we've got a question from Billy. Um, Bernard Armarth or Welsh Cities Relay?
4: Yes. Welsh Castles, that'll be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Welsh Castles, I think, all day. Um, it's a great event. I don't know if any of you have done it. Right. Um, it basically it's a tour of Wales really. Um
0: It's north to south, isn't it? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah stopping by the castles and you know it's know, two day- days Sat- I think it's ten legs a day, Saturday and the Sunday. Um but you know, you pitch up at your leg, um as you run in there's cars either side of you. it's a bit sketchy at times really with the way it <laughs> no no shut roads or anything but it's uh, you know when you get the you get the teams minibuses driving past, you know, um shouting out the window and night encouragement and you know water stations all the way through it um you know with just people pitched up at the side of the road it's quite quite a party atmosphere um, for a lot of the legs really um and see always i mean we've not done it for a few years now organization and things like that but you always used to get the weather down there as well it was always a good good um, day i think it was a normally june Oh, maybe July, actually. Um, the weather was always good. And like I say, yeah, it was a quality uh, quality event. But I think a lot of the uh, organisation, not only from the people who put it on, but also from um, our team managers and whatnot, it is a big ask for it to be done constantly. But it's something I'd like to do again, definitely. But, yeah. Um, and the Benadar half, I mean. Well, Glenn will obviously tell you. I've, I think it uh, was 2012. Um, I went down and won it. Um Glyn was there. That, that was a good day out. Um, obviously in Benidorm, wasn't it? So it was a bit potty before and and afterwards. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, Welsh castles all day.
0: And then last listener's question for me is from Luke Wordsworth of Salford. <coughs> so he said, "Who's Joe's favourite Bluebell HQ or local runner character? Is it Mickey Pearce?"
4: It's not Mickey Pearce, um, or it's not his dad either, Savneck. Um, I'd, I'd say it's the lad who pitches up with the guitar, and uh, the United at from when they won the double in '96. Um, doesn't really say much, does he? But he, and he can't play that guitar either. But yeah, Luke, I'd probably go. We haven't even got a name for him yet, have we? So I'll say him, and I'm sure a lot of the lads down there will agree. Bit of an in-joke that boys. You think you've got to be a Bluebell Star Wars to uh to appreciate that one? But nice one, Luke. Ah, uh, thanks for that, Joe. I'm going to pass you over to Dave now
1: cheers callum okay so welcome joe thanks for joining us uh, so i'm gonna start by asking you about um your early years so you've already told us how uh, you first got into running so um you joined salford harriers pretty soon after you started running what made you join salford and what do you think it is that makes the club so special
4: um well i could say i uh, did that 10k um, and to be honest, I weren't really after joining a club at the time, um, just wanted to just wanted to train, just keep fit, it the weight was coming off nicely and I, d- I weren't really up for being competitive or racing, just, you know, doing the odd race, um, you know, mass organised ones and uh, just enjoy my training really but... My dad was on my case, you know. You probably, my dad used to run back in the day, he used to run for Stretford. And um, a, a lot of my family on my dad's side, you know, been uh, associated with Stretford, it's uh, Trafford now. Um, so they were, you know, you, you should find a club, you should find a club. And I remember my granddad just saying to us, you know, Salford's a local club, you probably should go down there. And I was like, no, no, just, you know, I'm, I'm all right, I just want to train on my own, I'm fine. And so eventually, I think everyone might have remitted to sort of do something with it. Um, I got myself down to the Bluebell on a Thursday night and uh remember going for my first uh, week down there going for a run with uh, Dave Lockett uh, <laughs> the legendary uh, Salfordario um, and yeah he took me on a few decent runs over them first few weeks and um joined the club and Saddleworth 6 was my first race So, yeah, from there, the rest is history, really. I think um, just a few things fell into place with my granddad putting it on to me and, you know, all that people might have admitted to join a club. I fell right at my feet.
1: And you mentioned uh, your coach, Bob Merrill, earlier. Um, So, um, Bob started coaching you um, fairly soon after joining Salford, I believe. Um, Bob had great success with Andy Jones and I know when you started training with Bob that Andy was also training with you so how much would you influence would you say that uh, the way Andy trained and raced had on your
4: own training and racing I'd say a lot of it really I think you know um, when when I first started going down to Eaton Park on a Saturday uh, I think ben, ben Riddell me and him joined at the same time so we both went down together um, a few times, and the likes of um, Kyle, you know, Jones um, Jason Ward I think Matt Shaw might have been there as well a few of them lads, um, all running hard together, and you just thought, wow this is this is crazy, these boys, are, you know serious, and I think you know, after a few months, you sort of eventually you know, it was nowhere near him at the time but, you just sort of get a, more of a view as to you know what what they're all about and what makes them tick and I just Jonesy was like you know physically obviously you you can see by his times and what he's achieved over his career he's a great athlete but mentally he was just so driven I think everything was just I wouldn't say it was intense but you know the man knew what he was what he needed to do and where he wanted to be and Mm -hmm. I think it passed on For me, I just embraced it all and just thought, wow, you know, this guy's, you know, he's been really successful. And I just, you know, I just fell into place behind Jonesy and just watched what he did, really, and just sort of followed his, you know, um, his ways. And I think it did me the world of good. You know, obviously, what we were doing was put on by Bob, but Jonesy was the leader of the group. And, you know, he led by, I wouldn't say he led by example as far as vocally, but, you know, what he was doing on a Saturday morning in Eaton Park, it was something to be, you know, in awe of really at the time. So I think we all sort of took a bit from Jonesy as to, as to how you train.
1: Yeah, um, and and just just watching you and Ben racing, and uh, not just in your early years, but now as well, um, I can see, you know, a lot of characteristics of Andy Jones in the way you guys race. You know, you 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 are always you're always pretty quick to commit in the races and get yourself up there, and that was definitely something uh, Andy
4: used to do. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, especially on the, like I say, on a Tuesday night at the track, Jonesy was never scared of taking it on, Regard, you know, whatever fitness we were all at at the time, it was Jonesy was getting quicker, sorry, as me and Ben were getting quicker, Jonesy still wanted to be at the front of that group, he still wanted to be leading it out, and he sort of passed on into the races, so you were turning up at a race, and you are like, right, I'm at the front, I to be at the front here, and I'll dictate what goes on, and I think... He, you know like like Jones used to say go hard or go home and basically that's what he did <laughs> didn't he you know he went hard and he went home <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know what an athlete yeah
1: okay so let's touch a bit more on Bob as a coach Um tell us a bit about Bob's coaching style and why you think it works so well for you
4: yeah I mean um, I think I think when we first joined, like, obviously, Andy was doing the marathon. So a lot of these sessions were um, engaged towards the marathon. You know, your 5, 6 by a mile, 8 by a K. These type of sessions were sort of for the longer distances. But for whatever reason, it seemed to work for me. It seemed like a lot of lads my age were maybe doing shorter reps and not probably getting the results that I was getting. But I was sort of near enough doing them a marathon build up with jones there. not as far as the mileage was concerned but as far as, you know, the track session and the saturday mornings were concerned I was doing what he was doing and then he was going out and doing whatever he was doing at london, you know or wh- whichever marathon he was doing so I got a lot of strength from them sessions and I think because the pace was you know, it was, we were knocking the miles out in like sub 440 you know, he got down to about 432, 433 on a very good day to eaton park we'd be doing five or six of them so yeah there was you know there's a lot of speed work in there but like I say it was it was long volume
1: does um, Bob have much input now into your running or is it um is it are you flying solo or are you are you getting input from anybody else
4: Yeah Bob's taken a step back so you know he's always at the end of the phone for me we had um we had a, brief conversation at christmas and we arranged to uh, go out for a drink soon me and bob are still you know still regard the man highly Uh, to be honest what i achieved in running is basically down to how he was as a coach for me and as a person we appreciate the man very much you know and maximum amount of respect for him um but yeah so more of late recently i've been getting down with um you know like saying during lockdown there was Me, Joe Moores, Robert Smick, we're all training together. And then uh, Ian Grime got involved with us. Um, You know, started putting things on for us on a Tuesday down at Cleveland's, And since then, really, I've sort of um, followed Ian's um, uh, sessions and things like that. And I I think the relationship me and Grime have got um, is more or less, you know, you can trust me that I know what I'm doing in the week um as far as everything around the sessions the easy runs and things like that he knows where i'm coming from if anything you know he's just he's setting me the sessions he's there you know he texts me in the week and whatnot "How, how are you you know you know especially when i've been ill and things like that and setting me bike sessions to do on the um you know in the gym so yeah so grime is taking on from um here and out but yeah i think it's working quite well together as the the partnership at the minute you know with the likes of myself and joe i mean obviously at the minute joe Moores is flying the boy and uh, i think that's a lot down to the the things that we've been doing you know over the past couple of years especially over the lockdown period and things like that joe's coming to his own and you know i'm looking to sort of get Get back on his case. <laughs> yeah,
1: when the uh, when Calamasi had the question about most talented athlete, um, I definitely thought that uh, you were going to mention Joe uh, in there because he's uh, he's got some speed that yeah. boy. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you can back it up over on the on the endurance side. I mean, I man. think
4: obviously you see him down there on a the Tuesday, Dave. You know, the kid has got some major, major speed. Um, I think, as far as Joe's concerned. Couple more years, then it'll start achieving some very good times. Um, it's yet to come. Like I've said to Joe, you—you know—I've never been that quick as you, and you know, he—he's going definitely in the right direction. Like you say over the past couple of weeks, he's coming to his own.
1: Yeah, definitely has. So you've run some pretty impressive times, uh, including twenty nine forty five for ten k, forty nine eighteen for ten miles. But for me, uh, your best performance is a staggering fourteen forty eight for the Heaton Park run. Uh, and I believe you've run a similar time on the on two different versions of the course. So, how much do you think training regularly in the park uh, all those years helped you uh, run so fast on there?
4: Well, yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the Heaton Park um, Park run takes in. You know, we've got the mile rep on there that we used to do every Saturday morning. We also do a, you did a hill and a K session, which um, takes in the big climb at Heaton Park, all the way to the cattle grid um at the very top so just a bit longer than the actual climb so um yeah you know i think a lot of them especially like you know ben ben especially and andy at the time Eaton Park park parkman was like our bread and butter it was everything we'd done in the, on a saturday morning all joined up together so it was ideal really and i think you mentioned that time there that i ran um I think yeah, the only person time.
1: to have broken fifteen minutes on that part run. Yeah. And, and Andy Jones has run it himself, you know, in in, in his heyday. So.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember I remember the morning, it was it was in November, it was pretty cold actually. And uh, Stu Robinson was um was there as well. And I just remember going off and thinking, I know Stu's strong on them climbs, so if I get rid of him early, I might be able to hold him off on the climbs. <laughs> and I I wouldn't say I got rid of him but After a mile, probably had about a ten-second gap on him, and I just sort of—I don't know—it was just everything went to plan, and it weren't even concentrating on that. It was just I a cross line, and I thought, "Whoa, that's something else." That where, where did that where did that come from? Have I missed a loop or something like that? But no, I didn't miss a loop. You can have a look on Strava, do you know what I mean? But yeah, it just all went to plan. For and that—that's the mark of me, really. You say your best runs a part run, and you think, "Well, yeah," because you never got it right anywhere else.
1: <laughs> so when you're injury free And fully fit What would
4: a typical Training week look like For you Like we were saying uh, You know We've got the uh, Track session on a Tuesday uh, Tempo on a Thursday And um, Longer road reps On a Saturday Longer run Sunday You know when I'm where I feel most comfortable at is when I'm between that sort of like 1900 mile a week, um, you know, mileage. Not not to race that, but you know, where I feel I'm making the most progress over, um, you know, a six or seven week period. I felt I've always been in around 1900, you know, from whenever, you know, back in the day or to even now where I'm making, because I don't I, I don't know, I just I just prefer running, you know, higher mileage obviously now not as intense but i just ma- i managed to keep the weight down with that and i just feel i don't it doesn't take as much out of me as what what i would f- what i would think so yeah something like that like i say three sessions a week 90 hundred mile a
1: week we've already touched on this and you probably won't thank me for this next question but you had to go at the manchester marathon a few years ago <laughs> so how did this pan out and is there anything you learned from your experience that you would take into the next one if if you're told, do do another one
4: I wouldn't get on the tram at Brooklands again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know for what. I'll do another one. Because, I, like, I, you know, I, I flirted with the idea of doing one. I did I, I did the trip. Like I say, I, I really enjoyed the training. And it didn't. it's not as if I hated every minute of it. Loved the training. You know, I was getting up to about 110 miles, 150 miles a week and just thinking, wow, this is, like, you know, sustained period of time, you know, 10, 12-week block, you know, with the odd easy week and whatnot. And The training went, if anything, very smoothly, but I just got out there and I just wasn't right on the day for whatever reason, like I say, I cramped up later on, but if anything now, I think, you know, I'm 33 now, so I probably only got five or six years of potentially PBing over the shorter distances, i.e. 10k, half marathon, so if anything, I really want to concentrate on getting them down you know, maybe in my 40s, I'll have another go at a marathon or something like that, just to say I've done it, I've, you know, just to say I've actually finished one, which would be nice, you know, getting a medal in the t-shirt and <laughs> whatnot, but this time for real, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, I doubt it though, I doubt I'll go back.
1: How many miles did you uh, did you get done at uh, Manchester?
4: Well, I I stopped at twenty, but I probably did... Uh, a relatively decent pace about 16 17 before it just come to a gradual halt
1: so you've suffered a few injuries of late do you do any other a form of ex- exercise when injured or do you just rest and take time away to focus on other things
4: no I, just, I do like to keep active because like I say um, I put weight on very easy so I, I've got to, I've got to be doing something whether it be getting in the gym and going on the bike. Like I saying, Grimey has been sending me uh, these, you know, a few bike sessions to do, which have sort of kept me occupied. But still, I, I, I always tend to just put weight on dead easy. I, I, you know, my, my, my diet's good and everything like that. But it's just one of them things. I think, you know, genetically, I'm not very... I'm not quite, genetically, I'm not cut out for the sport. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm knocking 100 mile weeks out and trying to be anywhere somewhere near 10 stone. So probably sh- that crown green bowling, I think... Uh, <laughs> might have to take it up.
1: (laughs) I think there was the cigar option as well.
4: Well, yeah, too many of them, I think, isn't there? Cigar and a bowl and bowling. So, we all love a good
1: PB. So, where would Joe Bailey go for a 5K PB?
4: Um, One of three places, I think. I think you've got Armagh, which historically, you know, maybe over the last 10 years has been the place to go. If anything, the last time I went, I felt like it was, you know, probably too many people on the loop, probably mm. overcrowded. I that as well. Yeah, so, it, you know, like I say, it's a great race, great organisation, but I think that might be getting to the point now where it's about to burst, and, you know, mm. it, it could be some casualties at the start of them races, <laughs> you know, a few people falling over it each other. It was I mean, there was one the last time. Yeah. A few lads went over at the start, so... I know, a great course. Um, Mid-Cheshire 5K, that's a great course. Yeah. Um you know obviously you've got it all going your own way downhill the first first mile turn the left and you're going uphill then which you know your legs don't know what to do with themselves <laughs> but i think you get that first mile in a decent time hold on for the second and you're downhill again the third mile Um, and i'd say the other one would be um, obviously everyone's go-to i think now at the minute would be podium yeah Um, I, i've never to be, to be honest i've never run particularly well at podium but obviously i know it's a quick course it's flat you know, it's um it's one of these uh like it's a circuit, isn't it? So it, it it's it's slightly different to any other course courses around because the likes of you uh well it's it's very much like Armar I suppose in fact it being a circuit but the likes of the mid chash is more of a you know it's more of a experience for runners because it's more of like it is more like a road race whereas podium is more like a track race really. But like I say they're all getting the times, aren't they? Can can't argue with uh some of the times i get getting knocked out there
1: what about 10k if you were gonna have another crack at a 10k PB where where would you go
4: um, I think for me personally I'd say uh, Manchester again um, I think that's just because of what I've done there in the past I mean you has got to be quicker courses out there because I wouldn't say it's particularly that quick I think the first 5k is slightly up it's slightly uphill in parts and then you know you are sort of like downhill last 2 or 3k but it, it is windy in parts and especially around Salford Keys, so it probably is a, a few the very good courses out there, you know. I know Trafford, uh, Trafford's a good course. Um, got your, you,
1: I, was, well, I was gonna say your club's own uh, promotion on Good Friday, the Salford 10 Salford k It's not a bad course race, at all. Yeah. yeah,
4: um, a few speed bumps, and there's uh, it goes down a bit of a cobbled side street now. I think. I mean, I don't really I, 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 at the time my PB was at Salford before I, I broke it again the following month. It's it, like I say, it's um, it is a decent course, but you've got. A, it's one of them sort of where you've got to really go at it to um, get anything out of it, you know, and attack it. But yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and you mentioned Wilmslow as well uh, That's uh that's I've never done really Wilmslow
4: myself, but obviously you know from the times. and what the Clousey run there. Uh, ooh, something was ridiculous, wasn't it?
1: Twenty
4: eight fifty seven, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah,
1: some boy Callum, uh, Callum had a, a strong run there recently as yeah. well.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um Finally, uh, where would you go for a fast park run time? I'm assuming it wouldn't be Heaton Park. It would
4: definitely not be Heaton Park. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
4: I tell you, I did one in um, Belfast. I think it's called okay. Ale- Ale- Alexandra Park. Um, and it's where um, Steve Scullion, when he's in round there, does most of his training. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a loop around a park. A few of us went down there. Um, I wasn't I was near the effort at the time. and. Um, I mean I can't remember what I ran now, I ran about 16 foot 30 something like that, but yeah the, as far as, the, the way the course w- was set out, it was, it looked like it could have very very good times on there, I mean, like I say, a lot, no, not hill in sight, so yeah probably there, but I'm sure there's others around the country, I've not, to be honest, I've not really done that many, um, basi- I've basically done the majority of them at uh, Eaton Park.
1: Okay, so uh, we've got some listeners questions. Uh, you've already answered the question from Casino Hire about uh, having another go at the marathon. So we'll uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, ben Riddell uh, has asked, who is your favourite ever training partner and why?
4: He's proposition me there, not he? He's I angling there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Jonesy, isn't it? But, obviously for the reasons stated, I think, you know, like uh, I say, nice. no one was yeah, training was as hard like as him. Um, but you know, I think Ben was the same as me. We were just watching this man do his go around his business and just trying to get quick, just get trying to get anywhere near him. Um, but you know, as far as um, obviously Ben, who's asked the question, is concerned, me and Ben probably not done more mile than with anyone else, or more sessions with anyone else than Ben. We were we me and him were training partners for about five or six years, I think, from start to finish, um, and. You know, we, not only was he down on a Tuesday, we do the odd tempo together, we were doing the Sunday runs together. Um, and a top, top trainer. I think, especially in the early days, you know, we he, he was running me close in training, but just wasn't getting the results. Um, you know, in races, you'd be thinking to yourself, he's putting me under pressure here on a Tuesday night, and we're going somewhere, and we're racing on a Saturday morning, and he's two minutes off. What's up with him? You know what I mean? But... I think recent of late with Ben, um, I think a lot of people were shocked with the time that he ran at um, podium.
1: Been a long time coming. But I,
4: I wasn't shocked. Do you know what I mean? Because I know what the man's about and I know the, what he's capable of. And he's definitely capable. He was capable of that 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, like I say, a top, top trainer. And I think now he is definitely getting right. Uh, sorry, definitely getting the racing he right. Sa- he said to me, uh, wh- when he ran that time, I think he said, uh, I've run b- between
1: 15 minutes and 15.10 more than anybody. Yeah, he definitely has. Though, <laughs> he's just a,
4: he's a, he was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But <laughs> I think now, you know, especially that run he, he did at the uh, podium, he ran last Friday, didn't he? How did he get on last Friday?
1: 15.10-ish. Yeah, so well, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. He's
4: honest, Yeah, yeah. In a race like that. But I think now, you know... Uh, next couple of years you should be trying to lower that 5k again and get a decent 10k time on the board because the man's capable of a lot more and he knows it and i believe in him go on ben my son
1: (laughs) (laughs) right i got a couple of belting questions here from josh Ty via instagram so josh asks uh, how do you think eunice Hutthart would fare in some carbon shoes now first of all i had to look up who eunice Hutthart is joe can you elaborate who is eunice she was
4: in gladiators once she in the mid to late 90s i think she won it uh she's like a personal trainer type will not she i think she was scouse but yeah she i mean she won the she won the competition but in a pair of carbon shoes she'd be getting away from the lights of the wolf man <laughs> and uh you know saracen and people like that they would, it, it, she'd be wiping the flow with him as josh well knows because uh, he's one of his uh he's one of her biggest fans <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, and the the second question from Josh is what would you what what would your current PBs be if you had a lunchbox the si- same size as Gary Priestley?
4: Probably a lot slower because you'd have to carry it around with you, <laughs> wouldn't you? I think, you know, the size of Gary's lunchbox, you could put a full Chinese banquet in there, couldn't you with enough room for a drink and a packet of crisps. Some peace on him, Gary. I'll give him that. Yeah, thanks for them questions though, Josh. Good. And thank you, Gary. <laughs>
1: If anyone's breathing hard in the training run, listen to this. <laughs> Especially Gary. <laughs> Hopefully uh, that, that, that uh, hilarity's not uh, caused you to uh, struggle. Okay, so uh, I'm going to add one final question into the mix, which isn't uh, on my list, uh, but I went for a run with Carl Hardman earlier this evening, and he, he had a, an additional question for Joe. Um, so Carl would like to ask, um, how many times were you sick? Uh, on the way back to the airport after the Hague
4: 10K. Well, as Carl knows, we you know we we did we, we were out there to do me and Carl did the 10K and I think um, the half marathon was on later on, so we had the early pass me and Carl um, on the I think it was probably a Sunday morning, so um, 10K showered up straight out, just me and him for a long time. We we went and managed to get out and watch a bit of stew, but we were throwing him back. Um, strong dutch lager and i'm not i'm not you know what i mean i'm not really a drinker um but carl can not come back and I, I was trying to live with him so yeah you know obviously the night as the night drew in my i was on my last legs and ended up in bed uh, finished and then like obviously in the morning afterward um in a minibus on the way back to the airport and I don't think I was actually sick, Carl, but I tell you, I was just holding on, and I remember that taxi door swinging open thinking, oh, I've made it, because I think it's about an hour journey from Erdieg uh, to uh, Amsterdam airport, but yeah, I was just, oh, it, it, yeah, it was so Carl, but I don't think I was sick, but I mean, you might you might think different, I don't really know, was that on so, maybe I was. <laughs> some cracking questions
1: some cracking answers there Joe right well thank you so much for joining us this evening it's been uh, a pleasure having you on um, you've been great value as we expected and um, yeah uh, best, best yeah. of luck for the rest of the year uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you getting back to your best you, you certainly seem to have the hunger uh, yeah yeah. I can tell that from speaking you tonight and also from
4: seeing you at training week in week out yeah no, thanks a lot for having me on um, like I say yeah, hopefully get back to, uh, some form sooner rather than later and uh, yeah, thanks Thanks for uh, inviting me on. It's been yeah. a pleasure.
2: Cheers, Joe. I know Callum's nervous hovering over the um, uh, the bleak button. I've on done so well not to swear. If all, uh, anyone uh, knows me <laughs> how well
4: I've done not to swear for the last two hours, it's <laughs> beyond me. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: thanks for coming, Joe. It's been a it's been good insight and a good laugh. Cheers, mate. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Joe. Cheers.
4: Cheers. Thanks a lot.
2: That's it for this episode. Our next guest is an East Cheshire Harrier a vegan runner who has been running for 11 years and made a big breakthrough in 2021. She improved her 5K time from 1928 to 1843 by 45 seconds to end up 13th in the national rankings for VET45. Her times also include a 302 marathon, an 86.50 half, a 39.56 10K, obliterating her PBs all in 2021. We will be speaking to Michelle Vaughan. So get your questions in in the usual ways, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and email. And remember, fitness isn't owned, it's rented and the rent is due every day.